book report. It's a book report. It's a book report about a movie. Cause that makes sense. Oh my god, we're back. Can you believe it? I I can't. I can't believe Alex, it. Alex, it's been so long. <laughs> it's been so long, dude. It, I mean it's been too long, yeah. I think as we're recording this, we haven't had an episode in two weeks, but we haven't recorded anything in like a month or something. Yeah. Um, due to various things, Jefferson got his uh, got his COVID. That was not that was not the best. And then just I don't know, just hasn't worked out. But hopefully yeah. we're back on track. Um, I've been moving. You've been moving. Um, but today we're doing a book report, Alex and I, uh, to be followed hopefully quite soon by a full episode. But we prepared for this one a while ago. It's called High Life. Yeah. Um, I had seen this movie, and I chewed on it for a while. And then I was like, how do I want to present this? Because I knew I wanted to talk about it with you guys. But I was like, I don't know if it'll make a full episode, like a full good episode. And also, I didn't know if Jeff would even, like, I didn't know how he'd react to this movie. Mm -hmm. But it felt like an Alex movie. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's, it's pretty slow which I liked. It's beautiful, which I liked. Like it's a very very pretty movie. Um it's very intense. Um, yeah. Like it I don't want to say like Lars von Trier intense, but I wanted to ask you actually, how did you like find out about this movie? How did you stumble on it? I honestly, I think I was like looking up Robert Pattinson movies, maybe. Okay. I don't know, like looking through things he was doing because I got interested in him lately because he's going to be Batman. And he did like, um, I don't know, he did Tenet. We we were a fan of his acting in Tenet. Yeah, I thought he was great in that movie. And I looked at this and it was interesting watching it because I knew nothing about this movie. All I saw was the poster and I was like Robert Pattinson and uh, a daughter in space. And that's all I knew about it. And if you're going to watch it, I think that's the way to go in. I wouldn't recommend watching a trailer or anything like that. Going cold. But, like, it's a movie that's not for everybody. Definitely. If you go into, like, the IMDb, there are some insanely angry people in, like, the user reviews. Like, oh, I like can feel angry. That. I can like, feel where that comes sensationally from. Sensationally angry. Like, whoa, settle down. Because it's like, and uh, okay, I think if you like a slow, weird movie that isn't about like a kinetic plot and you're okay with a movie making you uncomfortable, I think you should watch High Life and then come back. Would you agree with that? Definitely. I think that's a really good assessment of the film. I also think, I kept thinking of Moon because we did, we did an episode on Moon, right? And so we did, it was like. I had the same kind of feelings of isolation and like a one man kind of show of an actor. And then I don't know, it, it played a trick on me. I think this movie was kind of cynical. I mean, we were talking about Barry Lyndon and you know, the pessimism and the cynical aspect of that movie. And this movie, if I can steal kind of an idea from a reviewer or a critic um, that I saw online, Mm -hmm. They said it was kind of like a take on Interstellar and, excuse me, The Martian that wasn't so full of hope and positivity. Mm. It was a little more drab and a little more of a uh, more cynical look at the, like, the future of space technology. 
right? Is it always going to be this big pioneering movement and push, or is it going to be, are we going to use it to send criminals into space forever, right? <laughs> for, for, for like Fallout style science experiments? Oh, I know, right? Just <laughs> Did you get that vibe? I got that vibe when they got to like, they found that other ship. And they're like, uh, he goes in and it's like, oh, yeah. it's full of dogs. Yeah. And you're like, what the shit is going on here? And then it clicked in my brain. It's like, they sent up all these different ships, these different box style ships for like different experiments. So they were like fallout vaults. Yeah. I was going to, it is know? like the vaults. It's like yeah. when you find out, a, <laughs> when you find a vault out in the, like the wilderness and you're like, you finally learn how to open it. You finally get the object or do the mission to open the door and you have no idea what it's, what's going to be behind there. And I was actually kind of freaked out in that scene. Cause I was like, are there people like, and then I saw the dog run by and I was like, Oh no, <laughs> dude, this movie, this movie kept me. I didn't know what it was at first. I was like, okay, what's this boring movie about Robert Pattinson, like making coffee in space. And then it turned into just this thing, like maybe 20 minutes in, and then I was like on the edge of my seat the entire movie, even though there's no plot. I was just like, like really drawn in by this, I don't know, like I would call it like not a meditation exactly, but maybe an exploration of human sexuality and trauma and death. And to do all of these things at like the edge of a black hole or like out in the infinity of space is super interesting. And I think it's doing all these different things that are really evocative for certain viewers, even if there's not like a movie story going on, you know? So oh. that's where I'll like, I think that interstellar um, point mm -hmm. you brought up is interesting. Cause it's like, yeah, it's it in certain ways it's pushing boundaries that Interstellar would never dare push because people wouldn't watch it. <laughs> it's <laughs> you a, know? yeah, it's like darker themes than okay. I, so I I watched this movie once by myself and then I watched it again with my girlfriend and she said something while we were watching it and she was like, "This is like The Witch," because she kept saying this movie's weird. Yeah. But not like weird as in like, ooh, this movie's weird and kind of trippy. But like as in this movie is dealing with themes that are very heavy and very unsettling and very unexpected when it comes to the sci-fi genre sometimes. You know, and with The Witch, with like the horror genre, you don't usually have this underlying theme of a woman growing into herself and into her body going through puberty and her little brother like getting sexually turned on by her but not knowing why right they're just out in the wilderness of like this wait who was the world. little brother wait what are you talking about in the witch um, oh in the witch oh, okay yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> sorry it's like you could have been talking about high life well no i mean until you got life, to that in high life yeah. there's the scene with robert pattinson and his daughter willow when they're sleeping yeah. together or she like crawls into bed next to him and it's because they're the only human contact in literally thousands of light years light or years? miles yeah. or whatever you know yeah. and there's blood on the bed and there's blood on her underwear and she like touches herself and she realizes that she's like going through her first period. And it's like, you're like, what is this movie trying to do? You know? Cause like that is like evocative going to the word that you Oh my used. God. 
And that's after a whole lot of other stuff. Exactly. That's like more towards the end of the film. Yeah, that's more towards the end. The film is bookended with him um, dealing with her as a baby. And they're, they're the only two left on this ship. And then after the whole middle segment, which is like him... I don't know. How would you like describe this? It's him with a bunch of other people and a doctor. And they're doing like sexual experimentation on them to learn about pregnancy in the vast reaches of space. And it like really doesn't pull punches regarding the, I don't know, the unglamorous nature of the human body. Really? It's like you see fucking uh, Mia Goth like douching herself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then things like that. Like there's a fairly, one of the most fucked up attempted rapes I've seen in a movie in a long time. Yeah, it, it's definitely not trying to put the sex in the film to be sexy, right? It's like not that vibe when it comes to it. It, it gets almost base and like bestial. It's not, yeah, it's not, it's not eroticism. It's like raw sexuality. It's like Primal. humans are creatures. Yes. And like we have to deal with these creature things. I mean, the whole idea of like, the recycling of the urine and the feces, you know, and the plants. Uh, I just want to say really quick too, the plant room was awesome. I would have yeah. loved building that room as a prop <laughs> designer. And I would have loved just being in there as a prisoner astronaut. Like you would have been like the black guy. Who just yeah. I would have been like Andre yeah. 3000. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. That's, <laughs> that's who that was. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but I loved that room for some reason, like all the kale and the little like cherry tomatoes growing here and there and like the different herbs. And that looked like the most peaceful room, at least to me in, in the vessel. Did you get like garden of Eden vibes from that? I feel like there's gotta be something going on there. I mean, but I'm not sure what it could be. There's so much going on with this movie that there's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you brought up you brought up Lars von Trier earlier um, before we got into like the proper discussion here. But I think that is maybe the closest analog I could talk about is is like Antichrist, because I watched this movie having no idea what it would be. And when it turned into like, I hesitate to call it sexual horror because it's not horror in the sense of like there's a monster or anything. It's just like the real dark depths of human psychology horror, which is to me more horrifying than any monster you can create. So like the, the, the links this movie goes to it, I don't know. It really, really got under my skin, uh, in a, in a way that I can only like draw a comparison to something like Antichrist by Lars von Trier. So, so you, did you like it then? Did you like the way that it, it, got under your skin and made you feel uncomfortable i loved it oh it's, okay it's it's weird it's it's a hard movie to say you enjoyed it like you enjoyed it it's yeah. a hard movie to say you enjoy watching but if you're okay with art being open-ended and pointing to all these different things and just making you feel right like i don't think any movie has ever made me feel in the, in the exact way that this did. The, the things that it evoked in me, I don't think any movie ever has. Antichrist is, like I said, it's the closest analog. But it's like the, oh, oh, ah, and then, I don't know. Did, did you feel that as well? Oh, definitely. Did it get under your skin like that? I, I want to just, yeah, I want to say Julia Binoche did a great job of that. She was so uncomfortably 
uh, just disgusting. <laughs> I don't know. And like maternalistic and it makes it even more ironically gross and horrific when you find out she murdered her children and her husband. Yeah. And you're like, now you're doing these like s fucking sex experiments She's obsessed in the with edge fertility, of space. Right. Uh, and like, uh, yeah, it's just fucking insanity. Um, it's it's insanity and it it barely makes sense is the thing it's like if you really want to go deep and analyze like the structure of this I could see why a certain brain would get really fucking annoyed really quickly because you're like what is going on here it could be so many different stories when you look at the plot construction but then it's like there's this throwaway scene where they go back to earth for two minutes and it's like two people on a train talking about the moral ambiguity or like the moral question of sending criminals from death row up to space to do these experiments and then like the the end goal is like what to measure a black hole is that what it is but at the same time they're doing fertility experiments yeah see that's that's what i didn't understand was that like dr dibs is that her name the, do no, the doctor know. that was doing the fertility experiments she seemed to have some weird like authority but also she was a prisoner and yet the main the main goal of the the crew was to um like experiment or measure somehow the physio physiological effects of a black hole on the human body um, I don't know I don't know Alex <laughs> I mean who else who else better to do it than like a cadre of prisoners right like yeah. they're the perfect guinea pigs like they've this is their payment. This is their comeuppance for justice. Um, so, I mean, I guess when you think about it in those terms, it's better than having them rot in a four by four cell somewhere out in the California desert with our tax paying money. I um, guess it's like, but, but, <laughs> but you're like, what? That's like, what how, makes this who, movie so is, dark. What's her authority here? Like, why, why don't they just, like, re revolt? Like, like there's no other guards. I mean... That's what makes this movie dark. That's where you just have to, like, let a part of your logical mind go when it comes to this movie. You're just like, okay, just, just let that go and focus on the other things. Because it's not about the plot. It's not about telling a story. It kind of is. It's about telling a certain kind of narrative. But that narrative isn't a story. It's, like, it's just drawing upon all these different themes. There was a part of the movie that I really enjoyed, but I'm still really confused by it. And okay. there are scenes that actually, they go back to Earth a few times. And there are like scenes of like youthful kids that are all dirty riding the trains. Yeah. One and, of those was Mia Goth. She yeah, was the one right? riding the trains. And then the I believe the kid with the dog is Robert Pattinson. Ah, okay. That makes sense. Because later in the film, his daughter says, like, I, I, I read your files. You killed your friend over a dog. Oh, okay. Because every time I watched the film, I watched it twice, and I thought it was, uh, he said, over a job. No, no. <laughs> Some no, auditory dog. dyslexia yeah. for you. I guess so. You got to turn it up, man. I know. Seriously. Yeah, okay. So those scenes looked like they were filmed with film like analog and they did a really good job of making it seem like it was from a different time like it, it looked like a film that could have been filmed in the 1970s the it 1980s. looks like it was shot like, on vhs to me yeah yeah yeah. that's what i mean like yeah. it, it looked old 
but it was pretty. I liked, there were some shots in it that reminded me of like why I loved Barry Lyndon. That's so interesting. Let's pause on that. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. like I found this movie to be ugly. Oh, but, what? But in, intentionally ugly. You know, like, like, and I can't. Actually, it's been a I while agree. since I watched it. We, we, I mean, it's, it's beautiful in the sense that it's really well made and really intentional in the way that it's constructed and the way that shots are constructed. I mean, I have not seen a movie from Claire Denis before. But she's been making abstract French cinema for 30 years. I'm going to assume she knows what she's doing. And so does her cinematographer. Oh, shit. Um, wow, I did, yeah. I did not know that about her. Yeah, she's been making movies. Her first movie, let's see here, is from 1988. It's called Chocolat. It's not the Johnny Depp movie. It's okay, something else. I was else. like, wait, I've, I've seen that. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, it's not the one with Johnny Depp eating chocolate. Also oh, with well. Juliette Binoche. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. There's your anagram for the day. What do they call that? Not anagram. Anachronism? What's that thing? No, not anachronism. I don't know. Were you like, oh, God, I'm so dumb. <laughs> the seven <laughs> the degrees like, of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Only distilled and bad. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but I mean, I originally watched it because it was a Robert Pattinson movie. And I was like, oh, I like Robert Pattinson. I also saw, of course, that it had a low user score and a high critic score. And that got me interested because I'm a douche. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that always, that's always an indicator. It's always an indicator. Usually an indicator. Yeah, I mean... What were we talking about? We were talking about uh, Claire Denis. Mm. But mm-hmm. also just like, uh, overall, the, the lack of narrative structure in, in, this, yeah. in this film. Um, and... I guess you're right. Okay, so there are shots. You t- you were talking about how it was actually kind of ugly. Yeah, the but visual style. There there are shots when they're inside the vessel that I'll agree with you are strange. Like there's shots of the plant room, of the the vegetable room where it'll just be like the vent. It'll the, it'll just be like the camera <laughs> focused on the vent for a second. They just fix the camera to the ground. It's like two feet above the ground. It's just shooting at the vent and you see some like kale leaf with some condensation on it just shaking for a moment. It's so weird because the lack of linear camera work and the lack of linear editing totally mimics the the lack of, you know, narrative structure in the movie. Yeah. Which I guess that that's what makes the ugliness work, I feel like. Well, you you make a you make a good point in saying the ugliness inside the ship, and I think it's that's to service the elements of human ugliness and the fact that you're dealing with like really ugly emotions and really ugly, I don't know, ugly body processes, but also I don't know, beautiful ones because you're talking about the creation of life as well. But when it shifts over into like its more abstract mode, when it is more focused on what's outside the ship the universe it becomes beautiful it's absolutely beautiful there's this one shot of the black hole i believe maybe it's a nebula it could it could have been uh, my memory's a little hazy i watched it some time ago now i think it's but the black um hole. i think it's the black hole and it's like that's a womb you look at it and it conjures it absolutely conjures a womb in your mind's eye and so there's something to be said about like what is this flirting with this film right what is this film flirting with is it flirting with the idea that like all of creation 
is somehow like tied into life, you know? Like I don't know, it gets weird. It gets metaphysical. But it yeah. gets metaphysical without saying it. It's like the black hole as a womb. And then you have this this tiny box filled with people like going through these insane experiments just hurtling through the void. I don't know. I don't know what it's saying, Alex. <laughs> I haven't I haven't distilled it into Everything like my sex. my my quote for Rotten Tomatoes, you know, I haven't done that yet. You would be remiss to ignore the reproductive theme and the sexual themes in this film, right? Because right. th- th- those are the most like uh, conspicuous ones, and the most <laughs> ones, the ones that They're are pretty like pretty immense. I mean, Julia Binoche's character even says, I think, at one point, she says, "I'm obsessed with reproduction," and. It's this dark take, in my opinion, on like technology, which sounds kind of boring and stale because it's like, yeah, we've had that forever in sci-fi, but this is different. It's mm, how do you mean technology? What if we used money and resources for space ex? What if space exploration turned out to just be incredibly bland, and it was like we use the <laughs> right. money for garbage disposal and for criminal experiments? And in its own sense, it's like it brings up the morality of imprisonment and incarceration in general, which I think is another theme of the film, because men and women get raped and sexually violated every day in prison. And it's like so socially accepted and like, dude, we make jokes about it. I was going to say sometimes it's even wished upon, you know, when you're watching like a court case and it's like really vile and the defendant's just a really bad person. And you just find yourself wishing that, like, the worst things on this person. Um, and, and I think it was like a commentary on how we feel about just prisoners in general. Like, are they a lower, are felonies or like felonious peoples? <laughs> <laughs> Felons? Is that the word? Yeah. The word I was you're like looking tra- for? <laughs> I was like trying to find like a more concise, this is, this is an absolute English major nerd right here, by the way, like moment where it's like you're, you're taking the root word and using all the tangents that can go off of it, but not the root word. Exactly. Felonious? Felonizations? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Nah, man. Felons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's like how do we feel about them really you know like we don't let them Mm. vote we don't like we just had that there was a woman in who went to prison for five years ladies and gentlemen for five years for trying to vote without knowing that like a a felony conviction uh you know made her ineligible Mm. you think that's crazy you think that our system would be like a little more like less gotcha than that it would be more like hey you can't vote sorry see you later instead it's yeah, like i don't know oh, but she was probably poor she was probably poor and like she'll make more money for these systems like going to prison than being outside of it i hate to be that cynical but no, hey we're right. talking high life it's a cynical movie yeah i um, mean or is it sending, i don't know uh, i mean the end if we get to the very end like we do we do want to talk about that yeah. i do also want to talk to you about the sex box Oh my we got to talk about the fuck box. Yeah, we do actually. Because what in the Christ, Alex? <laughs> what, what is that? What, what is? The they never explain it. You see it like box. working with Juliet Binoche in like this really, like one of the most erotic single person sex scenes in cinematic history. Oh, definitely. Um, that's also like I don't know. It was like arousing, but also incredibly off putting. Yeah, it was. That's that's what I mean about this movie, like like taking you places, and that's oh. like. 
to the point I'll say my like my critic thing here where it's like that's what good art should do it takes you <laughs> uncomfortable interesting places um but yeah fuck box speak <laughs> oh my god i mean so what the you, hell <laughs> you get the gist of it scientifically right it fits into the sci- it tracks with the sci-fi plot of the movie right yeah. you're like okay that makes sense they're like inseminating themselves but then you realize they're not Is that insemin- what it, I don't- no 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 it's you, not that. You realize that you're not inseminating yourselves of this machine. It's purely there for pleasure and leisure. And when Julia Binoche's character uses it, like the seat is like this reddish like leather. But in her mind, I feel like it turns into this like furry animal beast type thing. Yeah, it becomes her like riding a bull. Yeah, it's seemingly used by everyone in the ship except for Monty who is Robert Pattinson's character he like refuses to give up his fluids he says yeah they call him the monk the monk yeah that is what they call him so I <sighs> <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah Alex like give us a really detailed explanation of what what's going on here please well it's like a little bicycle seat it looks like a little kayak seat, right? With like a slot where like a metal dildo phallus-like object comes up. But what I really wanted to know was they didn't show the male version of the fuck box. I had that thought as well. How like, did the male see it? Is that tattooed guy going to just get dildoed right? to death right now? Like, Do they just have to be down with like prostate massage from the back door? <laughs> like that's mm. just what it is now, I guess. They're like, oh, okay. It'd be like having the only restroom on the ship be just a urinal, right? Weird scene, yeah. Um, the tattooed got... <laughs> guy was interesting. That's funny. I I, rec- I watched um, what's it called? Burn after reading. Shortly after that, Do you remember yeah. George Clooney's little invention? Exactly, <laughs> his little garage invention in that. It's like a little um, precursor, like yeah. a little historical artifact or something. Like George Clooney in this universe. High Life and Burn After Reading are connected. And oh, he man. was the guy who invented the fuck box. I'd watch that movie. It's like a it's like a version of um what's that movie where Benedict Cumberbatch like builds a machine? What's that movie called? The Imitation Game? Yeah, where it's he's, like that, he's but it's Turing. But it's George Clooney just building a building a like a high tech dildo machine oh, for space exploration. Dude. Do you know how fucking funny that would be? And it's directed like, by it's to Cohen's. prevent like the Russian invasion of Ukraine and like World War Three. It's like super high Ooh, stakes. Getting hot hot button topics, man. That oh. might have happened by the time this goes out. I I know. You know you never really thoughts, know. Thoughts and prayers, even though that's a I hate that statement, but I don't know. I feel bad. War as hell, man. War as hell. And um, but we will us, we'll let that go. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the not the uh <laughs> not the focus of this podcast. <laughs> So did you, okay, so the, the structuring is weird. You have the first part, which is him with the, with the baby daughter, and then the middle part, which is him and everyone else, and you see some people die. Like, there are some accidents. Uh, the rapist guy gets d- just curb-stomped, basically. And then the pilot and Mia Goth, something happens with them. Like, Mia Goth is like, screw this place, I am out of here. Yeah. So she brains the pilot with a wrench and takes the little starship into the void. And then you see her get spaghettied. You see her get spaghettied. That really cool, like visual 
spaghetti um, sci-fi. And then it's like, and then it just cuts back to Robert Pattinson and his daughter. And I was very confused the first time I saw this because he looks exactly the same. And this is a critic critique I definitely have, where it's like they just gave him the tiniest patch of like gray hair. And then it got and, bigger. And when I saw her, she didn't look that young the first time I saw her. I was like, is that like, is that just one of these people? Yeah, who you never noticed. Because the way that it's edited, it's just like, it's just, you're just there. It's like it, it jumps forward 20 years, but it doesn't tell you that. And visually, it didn't tell me that either. Did that, did that happen for you as well? Oh, definitely. Yeah. It took me a little while to figure out that, oh, this is his grown up daughter. Yeah. Okay. Now I get it. At first, I thought um, it was uh, that the older Willow was like, like you said, I thought it was a crewmate that I had just misplaced before that I just said I didn't see. Because when we see him disposing of all the bodies, you don't see everyone's face and like you don't really know how many bodies he's d- dumping out of the vessel. So I'm still unclear on to why he was doing that or how they all died or I, I think it was to save weight. Right. It, it was to save weight and um, to save like resources and electricity so that they can make it to a black hole and die. <laughs> yes. See, this is where I, this is where once again, it's like, I get it. People who don't like this movie, I kind of get it. I don't know. Instead of like the ride off into the sunset, it's like the ride off into the black hole, like the event horizon, I guess with the daughter that was conceived out of rape you know there's no other way to really put out it. of well yeah she she the 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 nazi doctor lady she's not a nazi <laughs> but that's what i'll call her um she like she jerks off robert pattinson while he's drugged and asleep uses his man batter his pancake man batter <laughs> to inseminate mia goth who then gives birth and then steals the ship and goes into a black hole i mean that scene was Uh, crazy she was just walking down the hallway with her hand like full of jizz she just had like a cupped hand julia mm. binoche and she walked into the bedroom with it and just was like okay here we go it's the best uh best movie jizz i've seen since the green knight (laughs) there was also the scene with um willow's mother where she's yeah. like lying in bed and dr- she's like drenched in what looks like breast milk. Oh yeah. I'm presuming that's because like Juliet Binoche has taken the daughter effectively and like. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like her body's producing milk, but has nowhere to go. Exactly. It's it's like like I said, it's it's this weird. It's just like making you feel the raw animal like horror of being an animal, of being a human, and we are animals, and that's part of it. It's like. Yeah, like the the agony of of like post childbirth, having that ripped away from you, the, like your body reacting to that, and like yeah, just leaking milk all over yourself. Ugh. Like you said before, there's also the uh, uh, the period. You see period blood. You see people douching, trying to like not have this lady do experiments on them or get pregnant. It's wild. It's fucking wild. And it's also, but it's like, we're also making this movie sound more exciting than it is. I feel yeah, like yeah, maybe it, it depends on you. And it's, I, I mean, granted, I think if we, you've gotten this far into this conversation, you've watched High Life. 
I'm just going to take that for granted. Yeah. Um, it's so Antichrist going to Lars von Trier and that connection. Yeah. Antichrist makes you feel sexually uncomfortable, but in a sexually uncomfortable way that's like there's some sexiness to it, right? Like there's something. I don't know. They're they're like sex addicts, right? They can't stop having sex with each other, so they're like having sex when their child dies, right? Like we won't get into the plot of Antichrist, but there's this aspect to it where it's like it's adult consensual sex between two there's, people. There's yeah, there's more like legit eros in there. There's yeah, like people exactly. like wanting to have yeah, sex as to opposed to like like artificially inseminate or rape in the case of the tattooed guy. High life is more primal reproduction biological sex themes like body fluids menstrual blood semen saliva i mean antichrist you also see willem defoe's erect cock ejaculate blood that's one of my favorite things to say about that movie so and that's that's not a joke that's in antichrist so thumbs up for antichrist yeah see like even that like there's something more like like you said, more eros about that. Whereas this is just like, this had like the vibe of like, this is what the amniotic sac fluid would feel like just in a movie form, right? It's like... Yeah, it's like not glorified at all. There's no, no glorification yeah. of anything in this movie. Lots of lots of stuff that is left unexplained that you could just kind of fill in yourself. There's lots of stuff that's... Uh, I w- I'm still left like kind of flabbergasted as to not why they showed it. The movie does a really good job of being economical, but more of like, what is the implication of this on the plot? Mm, like what? There are scenes like where Juliette Binoche will be standing in front of like an air vent and she's like cooling her body down after her mm. hot mm-hmm. session with the fuck box. <laughs> <laughs> but. And, and then the captain, you know, the guy who has the stroke when he's on the bike, he, like, comes up to her, and he presumably mouths, like, I want to fuck you. He and says, he says, suck my dick. Oh. Okay. Oh, wait, no, that's that's after he has the stroke. He says that to her. <laughs> my bad. That's awesome. Yeah. Was he the captain? Realize. I thought he was just, like, another dude. They called him the captain, but, like, oh. I, I have honestly no idea. But Okay. <laughs> That guy, like, comes up to her, and they, like, embrace for a moment, and then she, like, coyly, like, pushes him away. But then tattoo guys, they're, like, voyeuring out, just, like, jacking it, right? Yeah. Then it's, like... it's true. And so that whole sequence, I was was just, like, what the fuck is going on? Is that, like, setting up his, like, desire to just, like... To be a raper? Go ham. Yeah, yeah, to go ham on the other girls, like... I think that's part of it, yeah. Okay. I think functionally that's what it's doing. Um, I'm sure there's like more layers you could tease out if you wanted to, apropos like Juliet Binoche's character. So interesting. Such an interesting movie though. And definitely A24, right? Like- it's definitely A24. It's definitely interesting. It's definitely not for everybody. It's one of those movies where it's not only not for everybody, it's barely for anybody. But it's it's for us. I, I knew you would dig it. I don't know. I, I hoped you would dig it. You oh, and yeah. I tend to like we send we tend to think generally the same things and have like pretty I don't know pretty similar experiences with movies. It does it does you know change though. Like the I did not like the beach. Is nice. 
Right, like what where it's that? like the net of tolerance is nice, where it's like if you could imagine a, like a fishing net. When I suggest movies to you, I, I know I can cast like a very wide net, you know, and yeah. probably catch some or peek something in the movie lover of you that will be like, huh, there's something about this, you know, that, I mean, you didn't totally hate the beach, I don't think. No, see, the thing is, is like, even when you've recommended things I don't like, they're always interesting. Yeah. You know, even funny games, which I fucking loved, was <laughs> interesting. It's like, I haven't forgotten that movie. It's not like you recommended Uncharted to me or something, you know? Man. Like, <laughs> have, did you, is it out yet? Did you see it? Yeah, no, I have not seen it. Oh, man. I made fun of it ruthlessly in my Tragedy of Macbeth review, though. Um, which, by the way, if you're starved for more real weirdos content, there's more on the Jammo Ryzen channel. I do my own stuff as well. Check leave it a out, link folks. below. Check it out. I should have done that at the beginning, but I'll <laughs> do it next time. <laughs> Whatever. Just by the way. It's it's so real weirdos to just plug plug it real quick in thirty eight minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's <laughs> like to have no structure to our talk whatsoever. Uh, it's like that it's like that comment we got on the Man on Fire episode. What was it? It's like these 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 guys what a lot of unnecessary talk by the presenters of this clip. It's funny because I feel like uh, out of a lot of the episodes we've done, we talked about the filmmaking a lot with that movie. We talked about the I think writing. it's because we talked about other stuff for like 15 minutes. I think it's because we hated it too. If <laughs> if you want people to get to the point, <laughs> we're not the people to do to listen to. I don't know. Like I don't know what you're coming in expecting. You gotta just be like like. I don't know. We're having fun. We're friends talking to each other about movies. Yeah. That's what we do. Um, if you want to hear like a dry factual program for an hour about a movie, I don't know. Like, it's not us. <laughs> Just watch the Turner Classic movie intros. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Which Same I guy. love, by the way, but like, just watch those on repeat. There you go. I'm sure there are programs. There's programs for everybody. Like, dude, like a third of the world has a podcast now. Everyone's I, I got mean, a podcast. Yeah, I, I'm more of a creator than I am a listener, I guess. I, I, I've barely gotten into the world of like being a podcast listener. I, I just tried it living in L.A. and having to deal with the hellish traffic that we have. Um, and yeah. it does help. It makes it go by a little faster. It does. Something about keying into a conversation. About um, semen. But I swear, like, where are, we on the, where are we at with High Life? <laughs> <laughs> So are we like anywhere? I mean, <laughs> you said you wanted to, to talk about the end. Yeah. The like enveloping golden light that kind of took them over. And I thought it was interesting because every time we had seen the black hole before, it was like this almost grayish, like really like ominous looking beast of a, you know, object. And at the end it looked warm and welcoming and like ember like almost. And mm, I hadn't thought about that. I don't know. It was just it, this golden, like amber color that just took them over. Did you like extrapolate some positivity from that? I did. I mean, some it, hope. It, it was the like one of the most positive scenes in the in the movie, other than maybe the very beginning, when he's like fixing the thing outside and he's like listening to the baby coo and everything. And that was like, not positive for me. I hate the sound of screaming oh, babies. Okay, well, the, the screaming was... Is that Alexa? What the hell was that? Oh, excuse me. Do you have an Alexa? No, it's a uh, a Google thing. 
Oh. Well, that's, ladies that's and gentlemen, so weird you just heard to me. the fourth that, member of Real Weirdness. I don't get it. I don't get those things, man. I don't get, like, maybe this is me being too conspiratorial. Conspiratorial. Uh-huh. But, like, inviting a company to listen to you at all times, it just seems weird. Yeah. And I if you think like that they're it. not, then, I mean... They, oh, they 100% not that, are. Not that they're sitting there like, what is Alex Aber saying? But they, they could listen if they wanted to. Oh. 100%. I'll, yeah, like, if, uh, if you were involved in something... And then whatever government agency with the power that be decided to come in and be like, hey, we need uh, the recordings from the past month. They could just go in and find everything because it would be there. There's data somewhere of it, right? And they'd be like, yeah, the real weirdos, you guys need to shut that shit down. It's, uh, <laughs> it's not acceptable behavior. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I honestly don't know what I think about the end. I, I more just wanted to, like, ask you about the end because i had no idea i was like all right i guess the movie's over now um it was one of those it definitely ends like that for sure i mean they go into the black hole right they arrive is that is that the that's the inference that i got yeah okay and she seems to think that they'll make it through the other side or something yeah um and then they like hold hands or something and go in i don't <laughs> you know i i will say the intelligence level that she showed like and the empathy level that she showed was interesting for someone who grew up entirely in like a 20 meter by 30 meter steel box and with no one but your dad who it was fucking weird Robert Pattinson. You would have been so way more maladjusted than she was. Exactly. Yeah. That's she what I mean. Like when she was really like, well cruel. adjusted. It's cruel. I'm like, you would be just almost just as feral as one of those dogs, I feel like. What reference point do you have for all of these things? I mean, there are those images that play, right? Yeah, but, she has like vids from Earth and like some files, but I don't know, it's not a lot. Yeah. In this it, ugly ass environment. For like fifteen years, yeah, it's it's uh it didn't bother me. It didn't like ruin the film for me at all. It was just interesting. And then I, I, the part that bothered me the most about this movie was actually the disposal of the bodies. Not because I'm like gonna be harping on like, oh, that wasn't scientifically accurate. None of that bullshit. What he, I like, really just drops him off the edge. Yeah. I, and I'm like, how is he not getting sucked out of the ship right now? Like, what's what is this room? Is it like right. somehow like? like counteracting the effect or pressures of space you know man like, and those those spacesuits are pretty low budget as well there's some parts of the spacesuits that look like they're straight up made out of burlap sacks that would hold yeah, rice or potatoes yeah they look like you should be i don't know like like spraying some crops while yeah, wearing yeah. it not <laughs> being in space they're very low tech well, i guess it's better than those orange California Department of Corrections <laughs> jumpsuits. Right. It is. It's better than that, I guess. But and that's. I think that's the intru- one of the interesting parts about this movie. It's like w- because some movies that do this, where the narrative isn't cohesive, and a lot of the, the logical inconsistencies will drive me crazy. And sometimes I'm completely willing to let it go. Like I don't care that things about high life don't make sense. I don't care that the entire logic of the like construction of the world doesn't make a whole lot of sense other than like, oh, they're sending crims up in these box spaceships for experiments. You're like, okay. Because I, I guess it's because like you're able to evoke 
so much like just i don't know emotion in me it's hard even to say what it is but like the this beauty and horror and what it means to be alive and the whole meditation on these things framed in space you're literally surrounded by the void and part of that void looks like a womb my interpretive brain is just like bursting and i'm like fuck yes even <laughs> while i'm like desperately uncomfortable through the like sexual agonies that are happening it, you know it's, it's fascinating it's, it's fucking like fascinating a visual essay or like a collage rather which is very a24 you know yeah. rather than like but it's I like mean, a collage of emotions you look at even like um eggers or ari aster's films from a24 mm -hmm. and i mean there's plots they're weird for sure but there's plots and this one was like <sighs> Even I was like, what is going on? Like, what is happening? And not only that, but it, but like, I don't know. It, it's a cool movie because it provokes you in so many ways and you can't even really, you, you can't even really describe why. And that's like the essence of the real weirdos, I feel like. <laughs> right? It's like you feel weird. And it's you us not why. being able to describe why, <laughs> but trying, just flailing around. I mean, the movie wasn't huge and it wasn't marketed that big um it was like eight million to make which isn't a lot in today's standards but it only made around two you wouldn't put this in theaters this plays in weirdo theaters this is yeah. a sexual horror movie without a plot made from a french director yeah. like are you kidding me this is not the only thing that would draw people in is robert pattinson and i guarantee you that's why it has negative reviews people are like oh robert pattinson in space and then, like, they'll, they'll see it, and, oh, my God, this one guy was so fucking angry. No <laughs> he way. was so angry. Was he ready oh, just for, like, Oh, it's like the angriest review I've ever movie? read. <clears throat> okay, I'll read you a segment of this. I was looking at this earlier. It's called, it's called, uh, the review, first of all, is entitled, I'm so angry I want to scream, Garbo! <laughs> but LMAO. I had already completely given up on this movie and was almost certainly going to give it a 1 out of 10. But my curiosity got the best of me, so I kept going so I could get to the end, although I was watching it six times speed at many points, which was hilariously fine since there were extensive scenes with no dialogue and an extremely slow pace. That That's, that's telling right there that they said that. Wow. Anyway, I finally got to the end and guess what? There is no end! The movie just stops! This is all in caps. Like some movies like doing, it's so weak! I laughed so hard and yelled OMG. I want to give it an imaginary 0 out of 10 rating. Yeah, they talk about they talk about uh, sleep and masturbation rooms, but how these scenes, once again in all caps, serve no purpose whatsoever! Six times speed, though. That's what really caught me. Why that number? Why six I, times? I guess just to get through it, because that's uh, you get through it faster. But it's it was hilariously fine because there was extensive scenes with no dialogue, Alex, and extremely slow pace. If your movie's slow and there are moments without dialogue, it's garbage. Oh it's it's just fucking garbage. That's what you don't understand, Alex. <sighs> I I know. See, this is why I'm not a French avant-garde filmmaker. Yeah, and this is why you watch high-class cinema like Stargate. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And Independence Day, day after do we have tomorrow. our Do we have our um, switchboard so we can do the uh, the uh, pretentious bell? Oh. Yeah. 
We need Jeff for that. But <laughs> but 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 like seriously though, like it, it is disheartening sometimes. But I don't know, whatever. <laughs> it's, it has yeah. its audience. Is the thing. It's like it makes sense. I'm. It more, makes sense. I'm more comfortable with people hating this movie than I am with the fact that people will spend. They'll spend like seven hundred fifty million dollars at the box office to see. You know, like like a Michael Uncharted. Bay movie. Even Uncharted, you know, like it's going to make a fuck ton of money. And mm. this movie, High Life, will make you feel things more deeply and more profoundly than any of those other movies will. But it will only make $2 million at the box office. And that's just the way it goes. It goes into like what your expectations are of movies. Right, I feel like we talked about that a little bit ago when we talked about Spielberg. Yeah, I don't know how we got into Spielberg, but it's like well, we were talking about the greatest American, like modern American directors. Yeah, and he has to be one of them. But how Spielberg changed cinema in the sense that if your film doesn't feel like a little bit like a Spielberg movie, like a little bit of that Indiana Jones, like that sense of adventure or just like Hollywoodness. I, I don't know exactly how to describe it other than to call it Spielbergian where it's like, it just has that energy. If your movie's not somehow like that, then people are going to think it's really weird. And this is like really, really, really devoid of that. If you were trying to be a successful and serious short story author in the 20th century, you had to take from Chekhov. There's like no way around it. Mm. And that's almost what Spielberg has done for the masses of people who watch, who go to movie theaters. Spielberg are like, it's about the experience. It's the smell of the fabric of the seats and the popcorn and the guys wearing the funny uniforms that don't fit quite right. What they call a rip snorting adventure. Yeah, exactly. Starring Tom Holland. Exactly. So I can't knock it. I can't knock Spielberg for that because he like to be the progenitor no. of that is like Spielberg's amazing. great. Yeah, and he yeah. and he's great. His films are great too. But when you have an audience that's so trained and so conditioned to expect movies to be built like that, High Life does not fit comfortably into that into their palette. And I, I mean, yeah. as someone like like you and I it doesn't fit comfortably into our palate as well, but in a good way, right? It's an uncomfortable film, but you're not going to be munching popcorn <laughs> watching Juliet Binoche in the fuck box, right? <laughs> I mean, this is maybe like maybe one another pretentious bell thing, but I said this about the tragedy of Macbeth as well. It's like, this is a literary film. It's it's like as somebody whose who's training and degrees are in literature, like trust me in spotting this, hopefully. There's so many themes going on here that to say that there's nothing happening, it's like, no, you're just not seeing it. And that's a hard thing to just like quantify because people like people are really convinced of their opinions, man. I'm one of them. I'm yeah. definitely one of them. It's it's hard to say exactly why you know you're right, but you do, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> about there's certain things. There's something about this, this film that warrants praise and like critical recognition a lot about this film and the critics recognized it they definitely did yeah it's very high if you look at people like have the some very interesting reviews people like analyzing this movie if you look at the critical scores and stuff like that 
way, way higher numerical values than the audience or the IMDb scores. I think it has like an IMDb score of like a four of a five. Always a good sign. Yeah, that's if, true. If critics like something and audiences hate it, it's almost always going to be interesting. It's such an interesting disconnect too. Like to be a critic or hmm, a serious analyst, I guess, of film, you would think that your opinions and, and like decisions about the art would kind of track pretty parallel with the audience but it doesn't you would think so i don't know i think it's that in order to be a critic you need to like have some schooling in a sense you understand what cinema is and you learn like how to construct an argument Mm -hmm. which is what writing an essay is and enable uh in order to do those things you have to like be educated right and through educating yourself on how things are constructed whether that's a movie or an argument Mm -hmm. in writing you like learn to deconstruct things and when you learn to deconstruct things analytically, you can see the things that are happening in films, for instance, like in a, in a much better way than if you've never thought about movies. You're just like, what's this movie saying? Yeah. Like, blah, blah, blah. Give it to me. Like, boom, boom. Oh, this is boring. There's no dialogue here. Therefore, it's not saying anything. It's like art doesn't have to literally speak to you with words in order to say things. That's why paintings exist. You know, like paint, the paintings exist. They're there. They're not talking at you. But they can convey a lot. I feel like it, this happened with um, with Mike Judge and Beavis and Butthead and King of the Hill, because those shows okay. like are like on the surface level they're just comedy cartoon adult cartoon shows, right? But they say so much about American society, and they were saying so much about American society at the time that they were coming out, and there were some people who would turn it on and like they totally expected just like the cheap thrills and laughs of like an adult cartoon. And they were like, this is boring, right? Like this is too serious. This isn't funny or anything like that, but you deconstruct it like, and you analyze it like you said you would, and you make arguments about some of the things that they're trying to say. And it makes it so much better. And high life definitely pushed the edges of like what, what is acceptable i guess to audiences on film as far as narrative structure but like the green knight you know it's like it's like almost this strangely disjointed i don't know i don't want to say tarantino disjointed either because there's a strong thread of plot in tarantino's films even though he he films them or like sometimes he plays them out of order you're talking about like the just with temporality yeah exactly yeah like I could I'd see two percent of what you're saying. Yeah, this film was just I, I don't know. There there are shots and angles that High Life takes that are so unconventional and so untraditional that like you don't know where you're looking. It's it's like you don't know where the carrot is hanging in front of you. You it's, don't know what you're supposed to be chasing. <laughs> That's a great way of putting it. It is very disorienting. You're like, what is going on and what? Like just what? It's a big old what. Yeah, and I was fascinated the whole time. Once I, once I settled in and was like, "Oh, this is different." Yeah, uh, and that's not easy to do with me. I watch a lot of movies, and I watch a lot of weird movies too, and like a lot of uncomfortable things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's rare even then that 
the whole time I will sit there in a discomfited state being like with my mouth open. Yeah. And just like like being like, what on earth am I watching? And like cringing, dude, when that rape scene happened, I was just like, oh, God. Oh, I bumped the mic there. Sorry. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's it's. <laughs> I think it's one of the most interesting movies I've seen in the last ten years. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it definitely is like, it's definitely on that radar for me. And uh, I I have to wonder what um, Gaspar Noe thinks about Claire Denis' movies. Because I mean, you know what? Do you know what, Alex? What? Do you know what? I was gonna end this by saying that because you've been talking about this guy forever to me, Gaspar yeah, Noe. I swear you gotta watch him. I was going to say, our next one that we'll do in a few weeks now, we're going to do Elysium. Okay. That one looks interesting, and I was like, me and Alex will do that. Fuck That'll yeah. be our next one. All right. but We'll go in on this, like, that's what it was called, right? Elysium? That's... God damn it. Wait, is Elysium the that's one with the Tom Matt Cruise? That's the Matt Damon one. Or the one with Matt Damon. Yeah, 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 yeah. What, it's it's a movie. It's called something like Elysium. Hold on. Let me pull up his thing here. We're really fucking professional here. Enter the Void. Okay, that's what it's I knew good. it wasn't yeah. E. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that movie. one looks really interesting. Okay. Let's fucking do it. Let's fucking do it. All right. That's us. That's us done for the day, I believe. But we're back, talking abstractedly and about um, about high life and other things and being a, being movie nerds calling out the plebs yeah exactly. <laughs> you, guys, you guys know what to expect from us by now but we're back we're back we're uh we'll be back shortly as well with jeff casino to talk about the crow at long last oh i'm ready and with that we'll see you all in the next one have a good night everyone peace now our podcast is done and we have to run we know it is sad but we had so much fun don't be bereft, Jesse, Alex, and Jeff will be back real soon. The real weirdos. We talk about movies for way too goddamn long.